your neighbor. Tell them how much you missed them, how good it is to see them. Amen. We just have a few short announcements before we go into service tonight. Starting with uh, anybody who has entered or is entering the chili cook-off, please remember tonight you need to pay your $5 entry fee to Sister Simone. If there's anybody in this room that is entering, I paid my $5. I scrounged together five single dollars and handed them. Isaiah's got his $5. He just let me know. Simone, Isaiah has his $5 for you. Uh, Anybody else that is entering the chili cook-off, tonight is the final night for you to pay your entry fee. uh, And please pay that $5 entry fee to Sister Simone. Um, And I'm going to, if everybody would just uh, put their hands toward the ushers, we're just going to pray over the offering, offering, and then they'll be dismissed. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you, Lord, for your great grace. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless the gift and you would bless the the giver. In Jesus' name, uh, that we would see exceedingly come from it. In your great name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you may go forward. All right, so Saturday, Saturday, we are asking that, Living Hope members, that seems to be everybody in this room. Uh, Living Hope members, please, if you would park down at Chancellor's Run Park, um, we are going to have a shuttle uh, that will be going. We want to save as many parking spots for our guests and visitors here at Living Hope. So if you are a member of Living Hope, if you go to Living Hope, if you've attended here, please park at Chancellor's Run, and we will be shuttling you down to the church Uh, We just want to make sure all these 800 families have a place to park, right? So, um, yeah. Amen. So then this Sunday, uh, we will be having a a guest speaker. Brother and Sister Grizzle will be with us. Um, And MDDC Ladies Conference begins next week in Imesville, or Ijamsville, uh, depending on where you're from. Uh, this is November 3rd through the 5th. Uh, you can register online until October 31st. I believe that is next Tuesday. And then prices will go up after that date, and you will have to register at the door. Nobody wants to pay any more money, so if you want to go, please register online by October 31st. And... Um, Please see Sister Linda Simpkins if you need any more information about Ladies Conference. Uh, and then one more announcement. This Friday, so we talked about this on Sunday, that uh, at our outreach ends tomorrow. And one last time, if you are not on an out, if you're not on an outreach team, why don't you raise your hand? Oh, Bo is the only one. Uh, would you go ahead and just see Brother Eric? Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, I think you're going to go out tomorrow, Bo. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. 
but if you would like, if you are not and you would like to uh, be on an outreach team, please see Brother Eric. And then Friday, Friday at 6.30, we are going to be meeting here one more time, and we are going to just pray the why over our event Saturday. We're going to pray the why over. Uh, we, we just want this to be fruitful. Amen. We don't want all of this to just be be a, a work that has no no fruit or anything that comes of it. If that's the case, I'll just trick-or-treat in my own neighborhood, right? But we want to see lives change this weekend. So come at 6.30 Friday night. We're, we're only going to spend 30 minutes praying together. And then after that, from 7 to 7.30, if, you, uh, if any team lead uh, needs to explain what, what the, the rules are for or what you need from them on uh, Saturday at Fall Fest, any training, anything like that, that'll be from 7 to 7.30. But 6 to, uh, 6.30 to 7 is corporate prayer over Fall Fest. So I, I hope to see everybody there. Uh, and, I, and before I hand it over to the worship team, I, uh, this is uh, Brother Jesus asked me just to thank everyone. Um, for anybody who is aware, you know what's happening. But we've been praying and we, we've been interceding on behalf of Brother Jesus' family that, that God would make a way where there is no way. And I think that God truly did make a way this past week where there is no way. It was completely out of anybody's physical hands. It was clearly only something God could do. And Brother Jesus just wanted to thank Living Hope for praying and Living Hope for binding together with him and his family and seeking, uh, seeking the Lord's will. So uh, Brother Jesus uh, just wanted to say thank you to everybody. And now uh, I want to hand it over to the worship team. So if we would just get our minds on Jesus. Everybody put a hand in the air. And let's just begin to invite the spirit of the Lord throughout this place. In Jesus Hallelujah. Name. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Come on, why don't you do that right now? Why don't you just begin to give him some praise right now? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come and have your way tonight, oh God.
our fellowship of one of our our friends for many years. Um, he's a pastor in uh, Reistertown, and uh, yesterday they're building a new building. He went out uh, to talk with the workers and uh, had a heart attack and died. And um, that's the ask you to pray for that church and that family of Pastor Curry, Charlie Curry, great, great man, and uh, oh, a soldier of the cross, uh, a warrior, and uh, we know, we know, according to the scripture, he has made his transition to all that he labored for, he is there now, but the church is there, and his wife and their children, and so I, I just ask you to join with me in prayer as we pray for that congregation and um, that family. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in your presence we find completeness. In your presence we find healing. In your presence we find hope. All that we have need of we find in your presence. And we pray right now that your presence would be so close to Sister Curry and her son and her, her daughter-in-law and the grandchildren, their daughters. We pray that the Holy Ghost would quicken their hearts and draw them close to you, Lord. And we pray for that church family. We ask you to comfort them and encourage and strengthen them and let great revival come out of this, oh God. We pray it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, I'm, again, honored to be here with you uh, more this year than probably any time in the past 15 years. But I'm glad to be here. Tell somebody you love them before you sit down. Or at least tell them you're glad they're here. <laughs> amen. Good to see you, Brother uh, James Wilson and Sister Carly come in. Glad to have you with us tonight. Hello. Are you all always this quiet? Do I need to dismiss children? Is that it? The ch children need to be dismissed. And you're waiting on me to do it the way my son does it. That's over. That ain't happening. <laughs> He's not here. You got me. And um, thank you, Sister Maddie and musicians. Thank you all for being here tonight. And um, I prayed. Uh, I have prayed all day long about tonight. Uh, and uh, I prayed that every one of you will weep before we leave here. <laughs> uh, the Bible tells us that they that go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless return, bringing their sheaves with them. So uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, it's what I always talk about, uh, winning the lost. And uh, I just start with a question. What does it really take to win a soul? And I would ask you each to search your hearts. Who is really responsible for making a difference in a lost world? And in some ways, those are hypothetical questions because I'm going to give you the answer. You are. You are. Every one of us, everyone here should accept the responsibility for uh, being, uh, you know, I say, I use the term, it's scriptural, but to be a witness 
It's not just witnessing is not just something we do and we say. Witnesses is what we are. Anybody ever been healed? You're a witness. Anybody here ever received the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues? You are a witness. Anybody ever had God intervene in a situation that looked impossible? You are a living witness of the grace and mercy of God. And sometimes we have, uh, we have difficulty, I think, in uh, translating the Scripture when it comes to being a witness. Like, we know it says there's the gospel, but I'm not sure we know how to translate, translate what it means for us to tell the gospel to the world. But I'm telling you, I'm going to make it real simple. Every miracle that's ever happened in your life, hello? Every time the grace of God has brought you through a trial, every time you have taken another step in this journey, that is living evidence of the gospel. And when you give Jesus praise, it's the gospel. We have a, a, young, a, a young lady in the church in D.C. who uh, is a Chinese girl and... Uh, she has a friend who was who is Bolivian. There was actually four girls. They went to, to elementary school, middle school, high school, and then college together. And one of them was Sri Lankan. One of them was Muslim. One of them is uh, yeah Chinese, and the other one is Bolivian. And actually, the Sri Lankan girl was the first of them to come. And uh, but she right away began to fast and pray for her friends. And uh, the Bolivian girl came. And actually, if, if we could comprehend that God's plan for the church growth is not just addition, it is multiplication. For example, according to Barna Institute, each one of you, each, each person has an oikos, that's a group of people in your life, that's a average of eight people, but actually the cultures that have come in here from all over the world, they have an average of 300 in their oikos. So if you just win one of them, you got the potential of 300 coming into your church. It's, a, it's one of the greatest moments that the church has ever lived in. That's why on the day of Pentecost, it tells us right away that what? 120 received the Holy Ghost, but before the day was done, 3,000 more, and just after that, 5,000 more. It's because they were many cultures, and they took it to their families. If you can allow God to enlarge your thinking to understand that this closing days of, of when I say that, I don't think it's over. I think the church is designed by God to rule the world. Now, I know we're planning on Jesus coming back, but I read that when Jesus comes and takes us, he's bringing us back with him, and he is going to rule, hello, and the church is going to reign with him. I'm not trying to mess with your theology, but some folks are so focused on getting out of here that they forget that we have a responsibility to do before we leave here. That little Chinese girl, she didn't, she was uh, actually, she was raised Buddhist and uh, 
became an atheist because she said she prayed to Buddha. He never, never answered her prayer, so she believed there was no God. Her mother was very sick with cancer and died, and she prayed to Buddha, but Buddha did nothing for her. So this little Bolivian girl began to pick her up after she got off of work, and they would go have dinner together. And the Bolivian girl just, she didn't, it wasn't, when we say witnessing, she just began to tell her about how Jesus was affecting her family. And that her father and mother who had problems, her mother came first and repented, was baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Then her little sister came and her sister was filled with the Spirit. And then her dad, it took about five years, but dad came through too. And this little Chinese girl she said it wasn't that somebody told her what she had to do, told her she had to go to church, told her she had to repent. No, she said this girl just began to tell her about the good things that Jesus was doing in her life. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And she decided she better read the Bible. Actually, a voice spoke to her. Hello, we still believe that, right? Jesus can supernaturally speak to people's hearts. If we could only really grasp what Jesus is able to do in St. Mary's County. Hello? So um, she began to read the Bible. She read it all the way through. And then the voice said, read it again. She read it again. And then she said, I need to get baptized. And she got that just from reading the Bible. So she went, we came, she came, we baptized her. She received the Holy Ghost. I'm just, I'm just trying to express to you, I'm going to talk about soul winning tonight. And I pray, I have asked God how to help me to communicate to you how each one of you, because we somehow, we got this, this idea in our minds that uh, it's somebody else's responsibility, that I can't do that. I can't talk to anybody about Jesus. And some people live in so much fear. That's what the devil does. He paralyzes you. And you, when I say that, I'm not, maybe I am speaking specifically to you. You get, you get afraid to tell somebody about Jesus because this world we're living in, the spirit of fear is all around us. Comes to your homes. Paralyzes us through fear. And Jesus is really trying to breathe confidence into us. If you'll just tell someone about Jesus today, if you'll just make it a daily habit, I'm going to tell somebody of what Jesus has done in my life today. And it becomes a responsibility of each one telling someone about the goodness of God. You will be amazed at what God does. So I'm going to start um, they're going to, I've got like all these slides, so they just put that first slide up there. Get your Bibles. They need it again. You've got to quit erasing it. Did they give it back to me? It's bad enough that I don't know how to use those things. They're just pictures. You could turn in your Bible to the book of Jude. It's a very small book, about 30 verses, 28 verses, I think. And we're going to start with verse 20 and read through verse 23. Here it is, yeah. Isn't that a cool picture? Chains being broken. 
Somebody said tonight, they said, let's pray for people to be set free. If you could only understand that if somehow I can, God can help us tonight so people will get the revelation, God will speak a word into your spirit and bring somebody across your pathway tomorrow in the grocery store. So get bold. Hey, just walk in and say, I'm here. I mean, when the devil tries to make you afraid, get bolder. Just tell him, I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to do more than tell one. I'm going to tell two. Hello? I'm, I'm really okay with what I'm saying. All right. Good. I, I knew you was, Bo. <laughs> and of some have compassion, making a difference. This is actually kind of the major thought, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I think one of the most real events that I remember from being in St. Mary's County all those years ago was, uh, and I can't tell you how many years it was, but we in the old church on Midway one Sunday after church, Sister Dyson, Gladys Dyson came running in and said, the house next door is on fire. And we, people ran out there. We tried to get uh, close to the house, but the fire was so intense that we could not. And when the rescue team got there and they finally brought the man out, he was burned so bad his flesh was falling off his bones, and obviously he died. It was a horrible thing, the smell of burning flesh and uh, seeing somebody like that so close. It, when you, if you take it spiritually, so close to the church. So close to safety, so close to salvation, and yet so far away. I mean, they drive by every day. I don't know. Somebody could tell you how many cars pass by here every day. They, they have all those ways to measure that. Cars driving by, driving by. And the gospel is preached here week after week. Uh, preached, lived, lived, lived in this community by you. Bearing witness of the Lord Jesus Christ to this community. People are witnesses of it. And the enemy lies to you and says they don't want it. And he's lying to you. See, I used to be there. I know they sit on bar stools and drink and cry in their beer. And they're not happy with their life. But they don't have the strength to say to you, I don't like this. They'll say, I love my party. But when they go home and they worship that uh, white throne. Hello? Some of you know what I'm talking about. They are, not, they are not happy. Their lives are not fulfilled. They're living in prisons. They cannot, they cannot get out on their own. Somewhere there's got to be intercessors. Somewhere there's got to be people who, who accept the responsibility to say, I will not, if, it's, if I can help it, they will not die and go to hell without hearing the gospel. Jude verse 20 is the verse that tells us, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. A re direct reference to what I believe is defined as intercession. And of course, Romans chapter 8 verse 26 tells us, Likewise, the Spirit will help us. It'll pray for us. That's what uh, 
2 Timothy, no, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, it tells us that uh, there's one mediator between God and men. That's the man Christ Jesus. And that man Christ Jesus, the spirit of Jesus in you is what makes the church the intercessors for our world. And we must learn. You know, it's like sometimes even us, we, uh, now I say this, I, I don't think it's necessarily true of everyone in the church, but I'm going to tell you sometimes it, people wait so long before time, between times of coming to a place of prayer and speaking with other tongues because sometimes they lack the understanding of the power of speaking with other tongues. Did you know in Acts chapter 2 it says, when they were speaking with tongues, the others that heard them that were from all of those countries understood them, and it said they were speaking the wonderful works of God. I'm going to tell you, my brother and sister, when you're having problems in your life, you need to find a place to pray and pray in tongues so the Holy Ghost can prophesy over your life. You say, I can't be a soul winner. Pray somewhere in tongues till the Holy Ghost intercedes through you and God will empower you to be a witness. Sometimes, I said this recently, I was in a church and I'd been in a seminar where they were that three days of just working with people to try and help them work with drug addicts. And it was just uh, amazing stories. But overwhelming in those three days to hear of uh, my, they had, they had a judge come in and talk about how many people come through the court system. And then they had a biochemist come in and talk about the deadliness of fentanyl. And how if you get just a little bit of that powder on the end of your little finger, it's enough to kill you. And, and they've had policemen be called to situations. And the policemen weren't doing fentanyl, but it was in the room. And they got it on their hands. It got into their bodies. And they have, the policemen over, overdosed. Not because they were drug addicts, but because it was just laying around. That's a scary world we're living in. If there's ever a time that the church needs to learn to walk in the Spirit and move in the Spirit, and you need to pray every day in the Spirit for the Spirit to guide you and protect you and protect your family. And, and I'll tell you, there's things, even though I'm going to talk to us about some of these things, I want you to know it takes the Holy Ghost for some things to be accomplished. I know we think sometimes we can do it. If we're, after a while, we'll get to thinking, I can handle this. You don't ever want to think that. I promise you. Let God just step back. No way. You need Jesus. And that's in everyday life. I'm not even talking about uh, the, the miraculous stuff. But I was looking at all these people that were there. And some of them, you know, they were coming from that drug rehab. And I turned to my friend who has a son that is just, it's tragic alcoholism and, and drug addiction and how it does. See, it's not, it's even in our churches now. Hello? You all like to think we're all safe here. Hello? The only safe place is in the presence of Jesus. That's the truth. That's not just, I'm not just trying to get you to clap your hands. I'm telling you, you need to seek to get in God's presence because it's the only safe place in our world. I looked around and I told my friend, I said, man, I wish I had magic in my hands. 
I wish I could just lay hands on everybody, and if they had healed, they got healed. They need healing, they got healed. If they need deliverance, they'd get delivered. I, I, I wish I had the anointing on my shadow like Peter had on his shadow. Just walk by, take some of that. Wouldn't you like to have so much anointing on you? You just walk in a restaurant. Come on, Angelita, you got so much Holy Ghost in you, girl, you can do it. Just walk in and wave your hands and ah, take some of that. According to the Bible, that's what happened. Peter walked down the street and they brought people. That's it, yes. Looked at them. And they got right. And then sometime in, I think it's Acts 19, they took handkerchiefs, right? Apostolic people used to believe this stuff. You know that? We, we, this isn't about something we design and we manufacture and we get smarter than the Holy Ghost. No way. It's when we come to the presence of God, humble ourselves, let the Holy Ghost fill us, let the Holy Ghost work through us, that the miraculous can and will take place. So, that's what Jude is talking about. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. And then there's the people. He, he goes to that 23rd verse and he says, some, some, you're even feeling fear. That's what he said. They've got some fear going on. But they reach right into the flames. And he's really talking about people's lives. They've been so messed up. Uh, I, I think he was describing 2022. Everything's so messed up. But he said to reach in the flames and snatch them. Just Hello? Just sound like my grandma. Snatch them up. <laughs> Hello? I think the church has to get bold enough. I'm not just talking about Living Hope, Maryland. I'm talking about the universal, the global church of Jesus Christ is going to have to get bold enough that we look the devil in the and say, Oh, no, you don't, devil. You don't get my family. You don't get my church. You don't get my life. You don't get my money. You don't get my house. You don't get my home. Now I'm going to take I'm going to take it a little further cuz sometimes we'll say it here. We get home, we turn into wusses. The devil threatens us at home and we start crying, "Oh my god." I better call. I'm in trouble. You and Jesus are powerful together. And you've got to embrace that. You don't have to give in to all that sin. Hello? It's real, it's real difficult to tell the devil no when you're living in his territory. I'm making sense to you? You got to let the Holy Ghost rise up in you and empower you to say, I don't live like that no more. I don't talk like that anymore. This ain't about me being better than anybody else. This is about me staying saved and walking in the power of God. It's like, I can say this because I am one, a preacher, right? But I'm going to tell you something. We don't need. I don't need to preach just to wow you. I need to plow you. I need to preach so it 
brings you to a place of brokenness before God. And you, you realize you have a purpose. God didn't save you just to be a, a, a pew sitter, a chair sitter, come here to church and look all pretty. God saved you and gave you a purpose. And your purpose and my purpose is found in Luke 19.10. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why you're saved is to be cut, link arms with Jesus Christ and reach out to a lost world. I've seen many, many Christians over the years who live far below what Jesus intended for them because they just didn't understand. You have a purpose. Your purpose is just like Jesus' purpose, to seek and save the lost. It's like another thing. How many times in over the years have I heard somebody say, where, where are the miracles? Well, no, you just want the miracles here. But you're, you go out there and start reaching the lost, God will give you miracles. Give me that next slide. Uh, you, I don't know if you can see that too well, but that's a group that that's a group of young ladies, and they were, uh, yeah, they were Hindu dancers. Hello, I, I I like to show that picture. This is like the before. This you you might if we showed your picture, you might have been a drunk in a bar. If we showed your picture, you might have been self righteous, sitting all holy in some church somewhere. Hello. They just happened to be, they were wonderful young ladies. Give me, give me the next picture. Now, this is the after. This is three families. All three of those girls, they were the leaders of that dance team. This is 15 years later. This, the couple on the, I don't know, your left, your right. Hello, right. Yes, on this side. That's Jonathan. He's preaching the gospel now. And that's Nadika. She's our home Bible study coordinator and home Bible study teacher, developer, trainer. And the girl right down here with the, the two boys that you see there, they got, actually have three children, right? She is our home Bible, no, no, our Bible quiz team coordinator. Instructor, they started early this year. She told her husband, "You got to remember. You got to memorize the same amount of verses as our son memorizes. Four hundred. I think they're at twenty-five right now. But last year he memorized two hundred. And up at the top, that family there—that's a, a Sean and Manosia." All three of those girls, all of those people have graduated from college. They're, they're not just, when, hello, I barely got through high school, folks. <laughs> I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just telling you, uh, when, when God saved him, he had bigger things in his mind than them for to come and just say, I'm a Pentecostal. Amen. That's right. They have now, like, they just brought a new family. And this family, the guy is a, he is a. Um, Sikh Indian. You know what I mean? The guys that wear the turbans, right? And his wife, she was Sri Lankan. She is Sri Lankan. Her name is Namali. And last two weeks ago, Namali had cancer, came to church, and one of the Sri Lankan girls laid hands on her and prayed for her. She was immediately healed of cancer, and God baptized her with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
Somehow, God is wanting to stretch the thinking of his people. We can become, we're just seeking comfortable. And God may take you through places where you're not comfortable. Because he has to stretch you in order to accomplish his will in the world. And if we're not careful, we're only seeking comfort. And I'm telling you, this is incredible what you have, right? When the oldest girl who's the Bible quiz, that's her husband there, Sudeth, Sudeth and Devika. And Devika, when she came, she was the first of them to come. And we were meeting in that basement of that church where we had to kill the rats before the people came, right? And the room that we met in had graffiti, curse words written all over the walls. She came and she didn't say, oh, it was so beautiful. I'm thinking, oh, my God. But she said it was beautiful. You know why? She wasn't looking for a building. She was looking for Jesus. She didn't care what the building looked like. She was seeking Jesus. Listen, you got to understand, that's our world. Our world is not looking for the next beautiful building. They're looking and hungry for Jesus. And, of course, now they've got, like, little kids. I mean, they just, like, exploded in growth. It's called multiplication. Yes. And so the, Hind the uh, Indian guy, he's having a tough time with it. His wife got baptized in Jesus' name. He's having a real tough time with that. But, uh, but he's there. And I'll tell you something else. They, like, they really have great respect for old people. So they really respect me. And he will sit and talk with me. He showed me his pictures of his gods. <laughs> you know, Hindus worship not, uh, three million gods. He showed these pictures, but the one in the middle is the one that got my attention. I said, this is the one I want to talk about, the unknown god, that one right there. His name's Jesus. Come on, that's Bible. you got to learn how to connect with people where they are. You say, well, they don't believe like me. Well, you probably got some quirks too. Don't criticize them. Find a connecting point. Find a common ground. They like hamburgers. You like hamburgers. You understand? I'm exaggerating a little bit, little bit. But I'm telling you, if you'll search, you'll find a common ground where you can meet with people. And if you will become a friend... You can lead them to Jesus. And for all of you Americans, and I thank God for America, so please don't get upset with me. But I'm telling you, if you think we're going to go back to the 50s, it ain't happening. The 60s, it ain't happening. We are here and the world has come to us. Even here tonight, we have Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters it's wonderful. Listen. God is stretching us. He's stretching us, and they're going to come. This is Bible. Remember, Sister Lawrence, we used to pray, bring them from the north. We thought that was North St. Mary's County. The south, the east, and the west, and he is. He's bringing them because we prayed it. All right. Okay, give me the next slide. See, the world is on fire. 
How many of you know that? The world is, they're on, it, it's crazy what's happening in the world. They can't even tell you what sex they are. Hello? They probably can't even tell you what their name is. You understand? It's like something is happening. A strange thing is happening in our world. But you got to understand, this is all being set up for the church. Listen, this is not about how bad the world is. This is about how great God is. I promise you, he is going to show up and show out. He is going to do greater things than he's ever done. The end time is the last days of this age. You're going to see greater things done. That's Bible. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And you folks, you've been chosen by God to be a part. We have been chosen to be a part of this time. And you know what's happening? I know there's a great battle going on. And yes, you're going to have to pray and pray in the Holy Ghost. And you're going to have to fast. You know, Brother Eric is now becoming more of the pastor. And the first decision he made was that the whole church would go on a 21-day fast. Hello? But they are having incredible things happen. My word, uh, another Indian lady has come in. Haman came in and received the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, a Haitian lady has come in. They're growing. It's not, have we lost some people? COVID was not good to us at all. But the people, the world, is there, what's happening, they see a difference. They say, what is there different about you? They're riding the train with people. Said, I notice there's something different about you. What is it? Well, you got to be bold enough. Say, I got Jesus on the inside. He's working on the outside. That's right. Amen. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us somehow the, that the quietest among us will become bold in the God that we serve. See, the enemy has said they don't want it, but they're going home tonight wishing they had it. And so we get kind of picky and choosy. Well, I, what if they reject me? Hello? Don't worry about it. It'll be all right. I'm going to tell you, you'll be shocked. Most of them are not going to reject you. Go, well, you know what? My wife and I was talking about you the other night. We just wonder what there is. What is it that's different about you? We've been looking at you, and you're different. I got a Muslim family lives across the street. Actually, I thought they were because they're from a Muslim country. But I started having a conversation with him, and I told him, he said, aren't you Catholic? I said, you need me to be Catholic? He said, he said I just thought all Christians were Catholic. I said, no, I'm not Catholic. I don't believe in three. I believe in one. He said, what? Because, see, I know they believe in one. They just don't know who that one is. So we had about an hour and a half conversation, and he was telling me, you know, my family, we're not Muslim. He said, we believe in one God. Well, he said, we, we just don't. We, he, this is what he said, because they noticed they had a group of people come to their house. And I thought they were all getting together to sing uh, Kumbaya or something. You know, hello? But he said, uh, he said, well, he said, we get together and we sing 
our Middle Eastern songs, we sing them. But he said, um, the presence of the God comes to our house. Oh, I said, that's just like us. That's what we do when we come to church. We sing together till the presence of God comes in, and then we worship. He said, yeah, that's what we do. We never had discussion about his name yet. But I have common ground. I found out his mother is in a hospital with cancer. And we had a conversation, had a conversation with his wife last night. I somehow, you see, you gotta bend, you get you must build friendships. And sometimes we're not good at that. Sometimes we stay in our houses, oh my God, they're out there. <laughs> Watch out, they're out there. Hello. <laughs> like they're gonna hurt us or something. I hope I'm speaking to somebody's heart tonight that you'll get bold. You'll get bold in your faith. My, the world is crying out for Jesus. They don't know it, but they are. They're hurting. They're living in situations of fear and desperation, and they're afraid of the Americans. You need to put them at ease. Smile at them. How you doing? I was in a restaurant today, and they had their jibs on or whatever that is, you know. I I'm, I'm really am not trying to be funny. I don't know what they call it. They're all, you know, covered up. And I said, how you doing? The lady's like, turn and look. I said, yeah, that was me. Are you all okay? They laughed, went on down their way. But I'm just telling you, you have to work to keep, to put people at ease. So we get the opportunity to tell them how incredible this Jesus is. Y'all believe that, right? All right, next slide. Get alone with God, and you will hear the cry of the lost. See, sometimes that's sometimes we don't do that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You get alone, and you get in that place, and you begin to intercede. You're going to hear the cry of a lost world. You're going to begin to feel what I was talking about. It's called intercession, deep intercession, how the church needs intercessors. How the church needs people that will pray so that God will move in our services before the people arrive. That no matter who they are, no matter what addiction they have, Jesus is more powerful than their addiction. That backsliders who are out there who sometime had a grandma, a mom, a dad who took them to church and prayed for them. And they're out there. I know they're with their friends and it's not looking good right now. But trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. He is faithful. You must embrace that. You must believe that. You must allow the power of that to get. I know, yes, we could all tell bad stories. We could tell stories of people that we've known who walked away. But I'm telling you, you might be in the middle of the story. How many of you know this verse? And we know that all things, am I right? Work together for the good to them that love God, to, the, to them who are called according to his purpose. You, I'm telling you, I'm telling you from God's word tonight, you are called according to his purpose. 
Not your purpose, not your will, not your wants, not your dreams, not your desires. His purpose. So you got to get some alone somewhere with God because sometimes you've never heard the lost crying. Sometimes you thought everybody out there was anti, anti-God, anti-you, anti-church. Devils lied to you and told you that they don't. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll start believing they want it, this place will fill up with people. Fa- I'm telling you, it'll make your head swim how fast they're going to come. They're not going to come because you're handsome. They're not going to come because you're beautiful. They're not going to come because you got the best music. They're not going to come because of all your talent. They're going to come because according to the Bible, no man comes except the Spirit draws him. Tonight in this community, the Spirit is speaking to somebody's heart who's lonely and hurting and broken. And when they come, you've got to embrace them. When they come, walk in, they walk down this aisle, don't look at them like, oh, my God, where'd they come from? I'm telling you, I've been around Pentecost long enough to tell you, I know that's what happens. Walk in, sit by themselves, nobody says a word. Wake up, shake it up. Go and say, oh, my God, I'm glad you looked like Duck Dynasty the first time I met you. I loved it. Shake that church up. You know, I didn't offend you, did I? I didn't offend you, did I? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, we want, it's like this, it's like food. I like food, I like my kind of food. But when I go to their homes, they give me their kind of food. I don't like it, but I don't tell them that. I eat it. And we like our kind of people. Watch. You don't have to teach people to flock together. They will just do it. Well, get over that. Start hanging around somebody you don't look like. You don't like the kind of food they like. If you're going to win the lost, hello, you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. You're going to have to hang out with people. You may not even talk their language. Next slide. Brother Pugh, of course, he's long gone, but he made a statement. He said, preach a hell with a tear in your eye. I've heard sometimes preaching where people just blasted everybody. Like, my God, you're going to hell, and I'm glad. I don't mean that. I mean, I, I've heard people where you could feel like that, like they were just wanting to see. Listen, we're not here to do that. We're here to save the lost. We're here to rescue the perishing. We're here to be kind and generous. And again, I'm really not trying to be harsh or mean. I'm just telling you, they're coming. You may not like it, but they're coming. And they're going to send some people to check you out. You're going to have a couple of Muslims come and visit you. You're going to have a couple of Mormons come and visit you. You're going to have some Jehovah Witnesses come. Hello? And they're going to look at you like you're weird. And you are. But it's all right. Embrace them. Love them. Don't criticize them. Be thankful God brought them among you. 
All right, next slide. I'm getting there. He breaks chains. Is there anybody here tonight that God broke chains in your life? Yes. Well, I promise you, you weren't the last one. He's still in the business of breaking chains. And it's more than a song. It's a truth. It's a reality. He still breaks chains. So many things in our world. Families are being broken, bound into slavery by molestations and trafficking, human trafficking. Hello? Families are being broken. Dads walking away from their responsibilities. Moms walking away from their responsibilities. Some families got two dads or some families got two moms. And what a crazy world we've arrived at. And the the victims, if you would, of that are maybe the children that are growing up in this environment. And somewhere there's got to be a people that stand up and say, my God is able to break the chains. My God is able to heal that family. My God is able to rescue those people. It was a couple of years ago we had a man come in on a Saturday night. I really don't have time to go into all the details, but this guy came in, and I walked back to pray for him, and he said, uh, I'm the son of uh, a United Pentecostal Church preacher. And he said, I'm gay. I said, well, we're glad you're here. Can I pray for you? He said, yep, that's why I'm here. So I prayed for him. The next morning, he came back and brought his husband with him. So I run him off. I'm kidding. I didn't. (laughs) I walked back and said, "Uh, you brought your friend? He said, this is my husband. I said, well, can I pray for you, both of you? And they said, yeah, that's why we're here. So I laid hands on them and prayed. They left. I never saw them again. I don't know, a few years went by, and uh, I was speaking at another church in uh, another part of the country, and it was on the live stream, and after church that night, my phone rang, and it was that guy. I recognized his voice, and he said, uh, he said, you know, he said, I should have called you a long time ago. He said, you remember that night you prayed for me? I said, I do. I even remembered his name. That had to be God, but I remembered his name, and it was years, like eight years later. I said, but I do remember you, and I do remember that night. He said, well, what you don't know is something changed inside of me, and I never wanted to be with a man again. He said, I went home to my mother. I went to church with my mother. I repented of my sins. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I got a divorce from that man, and I am now married to a woman. We ought to run the aisles on that. Because sometimes people would have you to think there is no hope for some kind of sinners. I want you to know there is no sin that's greater than his grace. He loves sinners. Jesus ain't the one with the problem. We're the ones with the problem. We're struggling with it. Can Jesus save them? 
I want to somehow put an assurance in every one of your hearts and minds. There, there is hope for all people. You got to embrace that. You got to get it in your spirit that when you look into their eyes, they feel it. They envision that there is hope for me because God is telling that man, that woman, there's hope for me. Yes. Suicides happening all around us. Had a girl call and she was having demonic problems. Probably her sins had opened doors to demonic spirits, witchcraft. You know, sometimes they want us to turn that into spooky stuff. You got you can't give the devil any glory. My Lord, he's a weasel. He's a nothing. He don't even own the keys to his own house. I just repeated that from somebody. I thought it was cool. But the truth is, you're the one carrying the hope. How many of you, when I say this, please, you don't, don't have to raise your hands. You don't. How many of you have received the Holy Ghost? How many of you have my found safety in the presence of God? And you love to come to church and be in God's presence and sing the songs of Zion and be around God's people. You love it. Did you know what's living inside of you is hope? It's the hope of the world. So when you walk in a restaurant, got to be bold with it. I'm not, I'm not saying be arrogant, but be bold with it because they don't know where to find it. They're not finding it in a bottle. Hello? Anybody else give me a witness on that? They're not finding it in a bottle. They're not going to find it in a little funny cigarette. They're not finding it in the pills. They're not finding it in Finland. Was that right? Fenton? Fentanyl? Yeah, they're not, they're not finding it anywhere out there. And I'm going to tell you something. Without Jesus, this is just a building. You hear me? This is a place that we have designated to meet with God. But without Jesus, this is just a building. But Jesus is living in you. Sometimes we apostolic people are so insecure. Oh, my Lord. What if the devil come? It'd be his worst nightmare. If he walked into a room where you are, oh, my God. Could you see that, James? <laughs> Could you see Brother James going off? The devil walks in. Yeah. Oh, Brother James is going to run him out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what's the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will what? He's going to run. He's going to turn tail and run. You got to be bold. Our world demands the church be bold today. They're going to come. They're going to come to your jobs. They're going to come to your neighborhood. They're going to come to the banks. Hello, the businesses. And you've got to understand God brought them. Oh, my Lord, just walk up and tell them that. You know, I was over here praying this morning. God told me he's going to bring you to me. But you got to be bold enough to say that. Right? We could say it here, but. Hello, out there. I said, oh, God sent me after you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is that, say, give me the next one. Yeah. The foundation. What does it take to win a soul? I'm going to tell you. Number one, I've been to all kind of classes. They got all kind of ideas out there now how you start a church. And I'm not, whatever. I don't care. Just do it. 
But I'm going to tell you what I know from the Bible that it takes is a burden. You got to get a burden. You want this church to grow? Quit waiting on somebody else to do it. You get a burden. How many of you know what I'm talking about, a burden? That's where you pray until you weep, until you're broken. And then you go by and see them every day. You drive by their house, you wave at them, you pray, you get out of the car, walk across their yard and pray for them. Hello? you got to get a burden that moves you, not just a burden where we just uh, kind of, oh, I sure hope they get saved. No, I'm planning on being used to God. I'm going to come as soon as you open that door to me. I'm going to have a Bible study in your living room. And I hope you invite grandma and grandpa and your uncle and your aunt and the kids and the neighbors because God has sent us to make a difference in our world. The foundation for your burden really is your relationship with Jesus. Hello? And you got to let that out of you. If that, if that Indian guy could tell me and show me pictures of his altar in his basement, surely I ought to whip out my phone. Let me show you my altar. I'm going to tell you about my Jesus. Hello? Maybe I'm giving somebody an idea right now. Go home and build you an altar in your basement. Home praying is as good as church praying. Hello? And if we're going to make a difference in our world, it's got to move us to, to do new things. Brother Kuhn was with us the other day. Man, taught a powerful lesson on Christians doing new things. He used that story of Mary. Nowhere in the Bible did somebody else bring an alabaster box. And nowhere did somebody send her like a, a law, bring your alabaster box. No, it was a new thing. And she said, oh, I'm just going to take this, and I'm going to, it, it was the cost, it was actually, the amount would, would have been like one year's wages. But she broke that box and sprinkled that ointment over the feet of Jesus. Hello? It was a new thing. And somebody else criticized it. You got, you got the thief over there, Judas, saying, oh, she, look what she did. She, right? <laughs> Jesus, she chose the better thing. She is, I know it's a new thing. It's like when you come, maybe you've never come up here. Maybe you've never run like Duck Dynasty guy. Maybe you've never, hello, maybe you've never danced like, hello? But try it. What if Jesus told you, how many times in the Bible did he tell somebody to do something and they were healed? Nobody else ever done it, but they said, I heard God. I heard the voice of Jesus, and I'm going to go to that altar because Jesus said, if I go to that altar, he will heal me. Do a new thing. Stop at Starbucks. Get a cup of coffee. And as you, just before you go out the door, turn around and say, hey. Just thought I'd tell you Jesus is here today. What do you got to lose? Say, have you done it? Oh, yeah, I pray for him in Starbucks. They say, I say, are you all right? I'm not feeling so. I got the answer. Can I pray for you right now? What are they going to I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But sometimes we don't have the miracles because we don't step out in faith. Hello? Faith. Faith will capture the attention of Jesus Christ and bring the miracles into your life. All right, next slide. Yeah, you can't see that, but off to hit that guy, he's walking there, and he's, Jesus is walking right next to him, says, right? says, go, and I will go with you. If I had any one slide that I was trying to tell everybody here today, one thing, if you'll go, Jesus will go with you. We had a family show up, a couple show up. The guy had been to church many years ago. His name's Vitaly, and he's from Russia. And he had a young lady with him. And my wife went back and talked to him. She was so excited. She came and told me, she said, um, that's Vitaly from before, years ago. Said the girl's with him. He, her name is Elena, and he married her a month ago. She's from the Ukraine. And she's, they've been to several churches, and finally she said to him, I want to go to a church where they pray. He said, well, I know just the church. So he brought her to church Sunday. They sat through that service. Both of them could not stop weeping as the presence of God touched their lives. I'm telling you, even this war that's going on, God's got a purpose for it. God's touching people's hearts. God's working on people's lives. Instead of complaining, start thanking. Instead of complaining, start praising. Let me ask Jesus, did he have a name for that? He had somebody here he wanted me to tell that to. <laughs> Are you all shaking? Oh, my God. Don't tell him. Don't you wish? You know, some people thought, I'd love to have Jesus for my pastor. Really? You really think that? <laughs> Jesus walks up. He don't have to guess what's going on inside you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello? I've heard people say, well, they wish the Apostle Paul was there. Really? I don't think so. You need to read the story about Apostle Paul. Get him out of here. Or Peter. How about Peter, right? He seemed like a pretty congenial guy. A little tough on his speech, but, right? Ask Ananias and Sapphira. How's Apostle, uh, how's a Peter as a pastor? If you lie, he kills you. My point, we're so blessed with Jesus. He has no desire to expose you to people. He has no desire to humiliate you. He has no desire to make us uh, uh, an embarrassment to people. No, no. He says, but if you'll come to me, I'll give you rest. If you'll come to me, I'll heal your heavy heart. Right? Isn't that what it says? The Lord, Spirit of the Lord is upon me, hath anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. My, if we've ever come to a time where there's so many broken hearts, so many people around us have died and they have hearts that are broken. So many whose children have walked away and my, their minds are so messed up and, and we think there's no answer. But I'm telling you, somehow you and I must embrace this. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And he said, if you'll go... We're going to finish here in about two hours. And we, <laughs> he says, if you'll go, I knew Duck Dynasty would stay with me. 
He said, if you'll go, I'll go with you. Somehow, we think we have to have more. Right? You, you know what I mean? Well, I'll go, but, and I sure hope Jesus goes with me, but I better take something else in case. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop there. All right, I think I got maybe, give me another slide. Let's see what we got. Oh, yeah. Let's see. There is a special anointing for this generation. An anointing to rescue the lost. How many of you believe it? Why don't you stand with me? Trust me, I got probably 20 more slides, but I'm going to stop here. There's a special anointing. I'm going to pray that tonight because I believe that's how it works. Several years ago, a lot of years ago, <laughs> to be a fact, I, uh, my wife and I were new converts. We were in a church in Stockton, California. So new. We really didn't know. We, we didn't know much. And uh, the pastor, Brother Haney, he had just become the pastor because his father was killed in a hunting accident. He became the pastor of the church. Had about 250 people. It's a good crowd. Back then it was a big church. But Brother Haney, he just had vision. And what happened about that time, you remember, some of you might remember, you might have read in the history book, they brought boat people from Vietnam. And they had, uh, uh, like, what do they call that? They had uh, refugees, refugee camps for them. All around Stockton, refugee camps for Vietnamese, Chinese, uh, mostly Asians, all these refugee camps. And Brother Haney all of a sudden said, man, we can do this. And so he sent, he got people together, had them get packets of clothing and food and go to these refugee camps and began to minister to the needs of the people and invite them to come to church. Took those Sunday school buses, went out there, and their church grew. At that point, it was even about 600, but it grew to over 1,200 from all these refugees. What, what do you want? You want the church to explode in growth? Hello? How many of you love to see some Hindu people get the Holy Ghost? How many of you love to see some Muslims come in and receive the Holy Ghost? I don't know if I feel confidence in that. You know what I mean? I'm, but I trust Jesus. What I do know is it's, it's, it's going to happen. And if it's going to happen somewhere, and I promise you, Brother Garza told me that the government has already decided they're bringing a bunch of people down here. The Pentagon's already said they're bringing a bunch of people. They're coming. I didn't tell you that to have fear. I'm telling you, Jesus is bringing them so you can bring them salvation. It's the truth. It's the truth. So I want to pray. And I know there are others here that would help me if you'll stretch out your hands. And maybe if you're near someone and they're dealing with fear, maybe lack of confidence, insecurities. But they do have deep in their heart a desire to be used of God. Not only to do the miracle, but be become the miracle. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that's it. Don't be a fearful. Begin right here. Stretch out your hand. Speak 
in the name of Jesus. Speak with other tongues. Allow the Holy Ghost to speak the wonderful works of God into your brother, your sister's life, young and older. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let the Holy Ghost rest upon us that, Lord, we will make a difference in this county, in our world, in our family, in our neighborhood, on our jobs. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the colleges here, in the high schools here, in the name of Jesus, let the Holy Spirit come. In the name of Jesus, empower us and give us confidence. Give us confidence to believe that we can be used of God, that we are the chosen vessels for this age. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, I know we've read this in the book. I, I know we have. If we've read the book, I know you've read it. When Moses went on up the mountain and the presence of God met him there, the Bible calls it the Shekinah. The presence of God was so powerful that even the mountain trembled. And Moses, God told Moses, tell the people don't come up here. Give them guidelines so they don't step into a place where the presence of God would even take their life. My point is this. I'm, not, I'm just telling you that there is an anointing that could come on God's people in this last day that we just can't imagine what God can do when the people get bold enough to just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Be bold in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. You got a song? Sing something. No? Come on, Brooke, sing it. Maybe closer to heaven or something. Oh. Or maybe not. I just feel like we need in His presence, let the Holy Ghost. It's like, it's like they used to call it lingering. Just linger in His presence. I can tell you this stuff, but he's the only one that can put it into your heart, into your spirit, and make you believe it. He can heal you. He can fill you. He can do mighty works through you. In the name of Jesus, just worship him. Worship him as they lead us. In Jesus' name.
Just begin to thank him right now, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's such a sweet presence in this place. In the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I, in, in the midst of that teaching, there's several things that that, uh, that were said that pointed out. The, the quote by J.T. Pugh, that's something that's going to rattle around in my head forever, I feel like. 
And we need to preach, preach hell with a, a tear in our, in our eye. It reminded me there's this book by Leonard Ravenhill. It's called Why Revival Tarries. And he talks about it. He, he, he mentions something. And this, uh, I guess just over the past week and a half, it's been just so stuck in my spirit. And whenever, uh, the, the quote is, it, or the, the, the sentiment, I guess, more is, um, do you believe really in what you believe in? Do we believe heaven is as amazing as what it is? And do we believe that hell is as real as it is and as terrible as it is? Amen. If I believe as he that heaven is as great as I believe it is, and I believe that hell is terrible as it's supposed to be, the quote goes on to say that I would crawl across miles of broken glass just so I could speak to one person to change their mind and talk them, tell them about the glory, tell them about the grace of Jesus so that they wouldn't have to experience how terrible hell would be. Amen. I believe that we, we, we have our eyes set on Jesus. I believe, that, I, I believe that heaven is truly as great as it is. And I, I know after hearing teaching like that, that I can't contain it just for myself. But there has to be a boldness and something swell up inside me that I have to share it with somebody else. Amen. Amen. I encourage you this week. I know it's our goal this week, but don't just allow the, the, the times that we spent this week to be the only chance and the only opportunity where you tell someone about what God has done for you and how amazing Jesus Christ is. Amen. I pray that that would be something that not just is a weekly thing, a challenge that happens, but it's a, a burden and a boldness and an identity that would rest upon every person in this church. Amen. One last time, can we just raise our hands? God, I pray right now, Lord, that the burden for the lost would just grow and develop in us. God, I pray, Lord, that it would be a fire sparked in our spirits, God. Lord, and it would grow to consume us, God, that we can't contain it just to ourselves, God. But, Lord, that I'm willing to crawl. God, I'm willing to scrape, God. I'm willing to reach out to those that are lost, God. Lord, that those that are hurting, Jesus. Lord, to those that are broken, God. Lord, to those that need you in their lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. It is so good. I'm so glad that everyone's here. I believe that there is some cookies and maybe some refreshments in the back. Uh, God bless you all. Have an amazing week. Don't forget, Friday at 6.30, we are having corporate prayer for our community and Fall Fest on Saturday. Uh, you do not want to miss it. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless everyone.